0: Hey guys, it is the Bones and Brunch Podcast. I'm Carly. And I'm Shelby. And today we are going to share the Lizzie Borden axe murderer story.
1: Ooh, I feel like it's kind of been a week of Lizzie's. I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie I last def- night. Oh. <laughs> I was bored. My husband had a migraine. I was chilling by myself.
0: Lizzie McGuire, I love it so much. I used to like try to stream it on YouTube, and um, so on Disney Plus they
1: have like a throwback, like title section. I don't know if that's what it's called, but and they had like the Thirteenth Year, uh, Lizzie McGuire. um, What's the one with Lindsay Lohan? Get a Clue is that what it's called? They had that one on there. They had a whole bunch of even Stevens. Yes, even Stevens movie was on like that title. Just everything we watched whenever we were teenagers on Disney Channel.
0: That really takes me back. And who doesn't love a big bowl of nostalgia, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Since I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie, of course. Me being the way that I am, pulled up the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack and the YouTuber that you like, Trisha Paytas. Is that Trisha Paytas? (laughs) Paytas. I don't know how you say her name. We all have guilty pleasures, okay? Yeah. So your guilty pleasure YouTuber, she redid a song. From the she movie did movie that. Hey, hey now, now, hey now, yeah. yeah what and, dreams are made of? Yeah, what dreams are made of? She redid that, and I'm like, I'm shook. I have to tell Carly, but of course you new about it. Yes, I, d- <laughs>
0: I sure did. I sure did, of course. And I definitely watched um, that music video when she, she came did out. A music
1: video, yeah. Oh my god, I have to look it up.
0: Yeah, I'm serious.
1: Did she wear like the green or like the purple like skirt? Oh yeah, she did the whole rise
0: pants. Yes, she did the whole thing. She always does. Trisha does she go big or go home. That's
1: right, she's extra.
0: She is the most extra person in LA. Um like I know that, and no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I really don't. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Okay, so have you heard of the Delphi the Delphi murders? Is it yeah. Delphi Indiana. Okay, so like I don't think I have. Back, back in twenty seventeen, this might spark this might spark your memory. Back in twenty seventeen there was these two girls roughly between the ages of 10 and 13 Mm -hmm. um and you guys i'm saying this because i i don't know this like the back of my hand but this has been in the headlines recently so back in 2017 and i remember when this came out these girls were um pretty much like just hiking in it like a in a park like but it's it's a park in indiana that like had kind of a mountainous terrain Mm -hmm. They were just there. Their parents, like, dropped them off to go hiking and hang out and whatever. And it was, like, an area that they knew well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a strange place. Well, there was a man following them, like, an older oh, man. Yeah. And he was, like, in this hooded jacket with a hood on and everything. Creepy. And one of the girls, um, well, obviously, okay, so obviously the two girls, they go missing. When they find the bodies of these two little girls one of the girls had the was in the right of mine and she recorded this guy Ugh, following them i'm
1: already cringing
0: and there's it's like a, a 5 second video and she's doing like a selfie type where it was like the front facing camera uh-huh. and you can see him in the background and he's going down the hill is what he's saying to the girls down the hill and that's all you see oh my god and then they found the bodies fast forward to 2021 last week they have arrested a suspect. So, did they find the bodies? Like, the remains found in 2021 th- or in 2017? They found them in 2017. Okay. Pretty much, pretty shortly after. Okay. And they recovered them in the area that they were in. Fast forward to 2021. This guy is arrested, and we'll go into that in a second. But listen to this. Okay, so this guy was, he. okay, so he lived in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and there was a nine-year-old girl in the neighborhood, like, one or two houses down from him and he invited her into his house this like happened like last week he invited her into his house um to meet his new puppy or something oh like my that God. the typical standby of these kind of creatures and yes they're not humans they're creatures yeah absolutely so he invites her in and he takes her to the basement or to a bedroom i can't remember which one locks her in there he chains her up no like immediately Ugh. He locks her up, and he starts to molest her, and as he's doing this act, the whole neighborhood is outside screaming her name, looking for her. Oh, my God. The police... Did they find her, at least? The police show up, and he immediately goes outside in the yard, and he's like, you know, I saw her around here a couple hours ago. Well, the police got this really weird feeling They asked to go into his house and was like, can we look around in your house? Do you mind, sir? And he's like, no, go ahead. And as he does that, the little girl is like behind the door like, help me, help me, whatever. They hear her crying and stuff. And they bust open and they find this nine-year-old girl that he was definitely going to rape and kill. Oh, my God. So thank God they found her because that is, that's actually highly unusual for them to find a child like that. Yes. In That the, is. In the midst. So they arrested this guy, and now they think that he's the suspect in the Delphi murders mm-hmm. because apparently it's not too far from where he lives. Um, he's had past transgressions before with children, and he was actually in prison for a while. And there was a headline this morning where his family was interviewed, and his brother said, 110% my brother would have killed those girls. Oh, my God. Now, they don't know for a fact. He's just being accused of it. Yeah in connection with that but right now he's being he was arrested really because of the nine year nine year old girl they found but they are they're thinking that he is also the one that murdered those girls because i think he was in prison and then got out in 2016 and then those girls were murdered in 2017
1: and he has like
0: no time at all he's a predator and has a violent history yes because he was in prison obviously See, they should just not let them the fuck out.
1: Yeah, I don't think predators should be. Not whenever it's violent crimes like that.
0: There are some people that just can't change. Mm-mm. I believe anybody can change. But when you are that, like, demented and 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 mentally handicapped, you're beyond, like, what a normal person can change.
1: Yeah. It's
0: not yeah, like you, it's a bad habit. You're beyond
1: of what the prison system can fix. Exactly.
0: Like... You just need to be monitored forever Mm -hmm. at that point. And and I know that they are, but, like, this guy got away with this shit. And if if it does come out that he is the guy from the Delphi murders, how did he get away with that? Yeah. Yeah. Two little girls, too. It wasn't just one. He fought two of them. So one of them sat there and watched him do that shit to the first one. Yeah. Horrible. So, yeah, wow, that was a fun icebreaker, but today I learned. We'll keep tabs on that one. Yes.
1: So, Lizzie Borden.
0: Down to the nitty-gritty. The axe murderer. The axe murderer. Alleged. Oh, yeah. Because she was never accused of the crime. That's correct. Well, no, that's not true. She was accused, but... she, She wasn't convicted. Correct. She was acquitted. You know, all this fancy legal jargon, whatever. Okay, so let me just put that out there. Lizzie Borden... Is iconic. Everybody knows the name.
1: Yes, everybody in the true crime
0: community knows the Lizzie Borden name. It was one of the 19th century's most infamous crimes. It is one of the first crimes in that century to produce crime scene photos. I
1: Um, did not know that.
0: Yeah, it's and it was... The first of its kind to be publicized like it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you see with this case is the media was all over it. There were hundreds of newspapers back then. And Fall River, the city where the crimes were committed, was turned into or was put into the spotlight overnight. Because it was so hard at that time for people to understand how a 120-pound woman... In that society, would be able to pull off one of the most brutal murders Fall River and really the country at the time had ever seen outside of war.
1: Yeah, because women were looked at like delicate little flowers. I mean, she ticked. That time period.
0: Exactly. And she ticked all those boxes. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, like every other podcast on the planet. We have to talk about the schoolyard chant. Everybody knew. Oh, yes. Everybody knew this. It was like, uh, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Yep. Okay, that's not actually accurate, but...
1: It's something like that. And it's like a nursery rhyme, like, you know, Ring Around the Rosie type of...
0: Exactly. Chant, song. And, and the Ring Around the Rosie was about the, the fall play. in London. Yeah. The, Wait, so The fall in London. I mean, not the. I'm thinking about You're thinking two London ones. Bridge. I mean, London Bridge is, is falling, falling down. <laughs> You're the mom here. Yes. No, but the <laughs> that's true. Man, I'm failing. Um, but the pocket full of posies mm-hmm. is the same thing. That's the plague one. Yeah, it's just what is wrong with children back then? They, it's like they were trying. It was that their coping mechanism. I guess.
1: Did the children come up with those songs, or the adults that raised them? You have to think.
0: I'm not sure because that was. All of those were so long yeah. ago. I went to the Lizzie Borden house when I a few years ago. I went on a trip, and I went to the Lizzie Borden bread and breakfast, and it was quite the experience. Um, the house is absolutely gorgeous. I know. I'm so jealous that you went. I've seen pictures of the house, and it is gorgeous. It literally looks exactly like the pictures, and they have done an incredible job at keeping that 1892 feel to the home. They – have some originals in there. A lot of it is actually not originals, but they are originals from that time. Yeah. Where, because some things got abandoned, but most everything got sold.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can only do so much whenever it's over a hundred years old.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it actually was just sold last week. Are you serious? The property. Yeah. Is it still going to be a bed and breakfast? Oh. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully. So their website, if you want to book the bed and breakfast, which I highly recommend. And if you don't stay there, I didn't stay there. I wish I had. But if you don't stay there, at least go there and do the tour because it's so worth it. And it's not a spooky tour. It's a normal tour. It's a three-story house. But they tell you spooky stuff because the house is so charged Mm -hmm. with so much spirit activity that it's just part of the normal tour. They show you pictures of well, ghosts. Well, it's part of the history of the house as well. I mean, exactly. Why are people, why else are people, people aren't there just because it's an old house. People are there because it was the house that the murders were committed and in. And a creepy shit like us. And a creepy shit like us. So it's a bed and breakfast. <laughs> Fun fact, when you go to the tour, there's actually a property cat that greets you. Mm. If you go on their Facebook, they actually show the cat like a lot.
1: Oh, kitty. But he's
0: he's a normal resident. <laughs> um now this was that was a few years ago, so hopefully the kitty is still with us. But yeah, he was
1: Cats live a long time.
0: Okay, so the Lizzie Borden house was actually sold. It was listed back in January and it sold sometime last week for two million dollars. I'm
1: surprised it took that long for it to sell.
0: What I read was this guy, the new owner, he actually showed up for a tour, saw that it was for sale, and decided, I'll buy it. Ugh, of course. So, I kind of like that he Lucky was... him. He was there as a fan. Yeah. And not someone of seeing, All right, let me bulldoze this down and yeah. pull the skyscraper on it. Well, I'm sure at this point it's a historical landmark. Well, that's true. I guess I didn't think about that. I guess I just appreciate a good history buff. Yes. So, anyways, uh, yeah, go check that out. I'll cut this to make this look cuter, but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely... Worth. It's definitely worth it. And I believe that it's haunted.
1: Yeah. And I was so jealous and can't believe you didn't tell me that you went to the Lizzie Borden house until we started this podcast. And I'm like, you've been keeping this knowledge from me for like our three year friendship. What like, is wrong with
0: you? Well, I mean, you know, it's just like another day to me. Oh. <laughs> Go to an ex murder house. Yeah. <laughs> just another day in Carly's life. One of the reasons this is such an infamous crime is because this was high society type people. Mm mm-hmm. Now we're taking it back to 1892, okay, a hundred years before I was born, which is so <laughs> weird to think about. It went viral in that day. People were, Fall River was known as a step up from the suburbs, but a step under from Bel Air. You know what okay, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, It was it was an up and coming area. People had a you know moral values. That's they just what fancy. their culture. They were fancy. That was their culture back then. And so some a crime occurring like this was absolutely unheard of yeah i especially oh i especially met in that neighborhood so lizzie borden pretty much became a local celebrity due to the murders of her parents and for reference um, a lot of this information i got from several different websites but the most I actually got was from the smithsonian youtube channel mm. i really wanted somewhere that was reputable that had a good reputation for being accurate and they really showed you in more ways than just telling you exactly how the crimes committed were committed. <laughs> they made dummies to recreate the actual crime. And if Lizzie Borden had done this, it would have been an absolute bloodbath. So it's really interesting to me that she got away with it. So we'll see. The murder and trial occurred during a time when the quantity, quality, and the content of American newspapers were changing rapidly. It was going from news stories that mattered to something sensational. Mm-hmm. Everything was more elaborate. Everything, yeah, like
1: those crazy headlines.
0: like Like National Enquirer. Yes. Like, yeah. aliens, are they real? You know, it was, they were going to make a monster out of her. And even though she was acquitted at the end of it, by the surprise of not just her, but everyone, she had to move.
1: Yeah, I mean she had a reputation at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. She did. Now they owned the house, um, for a while. But yeah, she ended up leaving Fall River along with her sister, who was her husband pretty much, because they were both spinsters. Mm-hmm. So let's try it to the nineteenth century axe murderer, Lizzie Andrew Borden. She was born on July 19th, 1860, to parents Sarah Anthony and Andrew Jackson Borden. She had one sister, Emma, and they were extremely close. Yeah. They were best friends, and they both died unmarried. They lived with each other for a very long time, even after the murders. And at the time of the crime, Lizzie was 32 and Emma was 42, Which is extremely old, even in today's standards, to be living with mom and dad. Yeah, it is. And now I understand back then, women didn't really have a position Mm -hmm. they could fulfill besides being a mother and a wife and a caretaker. Yeah, and they didn't
1: move out until the day that they got married.
0: Exactly. But it's very telling that neither of these sisters got married and they lived in such a prominent household. Now, they weren't considered super wealthy but even in today's standards i would consider them wealthy yeah the day that their father died andrew borden he was worth nine million dollars in today's money oh wow
1: yeah so he had money
0: i would consider that a whole lot of money yeah. but back then perhaps not i'm really not sure but typically she would have probably came with a dowry absolutely so i don't understand why she didn't get married maybe she was just crazy who knows so she had one sister, Emma, and they were extremely close. A little bit of background. Her father grew up poor, but he prospered later by selling furniture, including caskets, which I Ooh, thought was interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> he then became a successful property developer. He owned several textile mills and other commercial properties within Massachusetts. So he was booming. He was busy. but a
1: businessman.
0: He was a businessman, but he was not nice. He was very unfriendly. And he was really tight with money. He never offered it to anybody. He was known in the community as being really strict.
1: Yeah, I remember reading something about
0: that. He was very frugal, very strict, wasn't approachable, and so people really didn't like him in the community. They just kind of tolerated him. Yeah, he was just the, the the grumpy guy on the corner. Yeah,
1: the grumpy guy on the corner.
0: <laughs> every every neighborhood has that, right? Right. So he was the old grumpy guy. Again, Fall River was a very affluent area. Lots of business-like-minded people. They all had money. Everybody was comfortable. And the area is beautiful. Now, I don't know what it looked like in 1892, but when I visited, it is a gorgeous area. And it's not what you think. I mean, obviously, it's called Fall River, but I really didn't expect it to be, like, on a body of water.
1: Yeah, that sounds like something that's out of a storybook, almost.
0: Yeah, kind of like Forks, Washington. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like Or, or um, Gilmore Girls Town.
0: Yeah, like Stars Hollow. Stars Hollow, yeah. yeah. Which... Uh, Mystic Falls. Exactly! And vampire Diaries. Yeah, Fall River. God, it really does. It does sound like that. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Well, the they have a marina and everything. It's, it's a large body of water that this house is surrounded huh. by. And it's kind of up on a hill. For obvious reasons, growing up, Lizzie was brought up in a very religious community. That's just how it was back then. They lived to go to church. Everything was by the Lord and for the Lord. So she was actually kind of on a pillar in Fall River as she grew older because she didn't have her own family and because she wasn't married and busy she became a Sunday school teacher at her church.
1: Oh I did not know that either.
0: She actually taught immigrants that came in and she would extend her hand to them and help them and teach them and then she would bring them to church and get them involved. Her community was important to her.
1: Yeah she was a member of society
0: exactly she was and as a woman it was important to establish that Mm -hmm. and show what your interests are of course she needed to get married but But as she got older tensions became high right because she's in her 30s she's probably bitter that she's not married her dad certainly is bitter that she's not married and Yeah, yeah
1: because he's having to provide for her rather
0: than a husband and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about these girls would, like, leave for months on end to go get a dress. To go get fitted for dresses. Oh, and
1: goodness. Yeah. Y-
0: you know, it was, it wasn't... Ordering from Amazon. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, when they were young, their mother died. Sarah, she died. So, Andrew, the father, remarried to a girl named Abby Durfee Gray. Lizzie and Emma could not stand Abby. And it wasn't because of who Abby was. I did not find anything in my research that suggested that Abby was ugly to them, that Abby took advantage of them. Some stories painted her in a peculiar light. Emma and Lizzie resented her because Andrew would buy things for Abby. Yeah. He was happy, he was married, and he wouldn't just buy things for Abby, he would go out of his way and buy houses for her family members. Oh,
1: so they were getting the money rather than Lizzie and Emma? Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, so it was a huge issue. Jealousy. Jealousy. Here they were doing chores at 30 and 40 in home. And daddy's upset because he has to spend money on them when they should be on their own. But here is this new beautiful wife that he has that he loves so much. And he is, you know... Spoiling her. Spoiling her and providing for her family. And honestly, back then, that's kind of normal behavior. Now, I don't know about buying houses for her family. But providing for his wife is normal. Yeah. And it's actually... it's. It was extremely uncommon for women over 20 to even live at home, yeah. let alone 32 and 42. That was just not normal. So, Lizzie, that's not you. <laughs> Grow up. So, it, it even became to a point where the girls refused to eat dinner with Abby at the dinner table.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so petty.
0: It's so petty. But these are all no wonder
1: they're not married. They're all women. They're acting women. like teenagers.
0: They're <laughs> acting like children. They are, and they were. So, it was just bad blood from the get-go. Lots of tension, a lot of fighting. There were times, there was even a time where it got so bad that Lizzie, like, left before the murders occurred. Lizzie left for a few weeks to retreat at another property that Andrew Borden owned to get away because the tensions, it was just so overwhelming in the home.
1: Oh, that sounds uncomfy.
0: It does sound uncomfortable. The fact that you have to take yourself away for a few weeks because the home is so bad. And nobody really knows what's going on there. The neighbors aren't aware of it too much.
1: Yeah, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors until someone gets chopped.
0: Exactly. Here we go. We're going to start getting towards the murder after we've done a little background. So we kind of know like what the home life is like. Lizzie's a little jaded. She wants more money from her dad, and that's what they think might have been the motive behind the murders. But again, it was hard for them to prove that Lizzie murdered them at all. But we all know she freaking did. Oh, yeah.
1: She definitely did it.
0: Nobody else could have done it. Long story short, Emma and Lizzie, I was mistaken, I thought it was just Lizzie, but Emma and Lizzie both left and went to a property in New Bedford, Massachusetts. They stayed there for a few weeks. They relaxed, read some books, probably wrote some poetry. Lizzie was a huge reader Mm and when you go to tour the house they've actually got a collection of her books and every book that she had she has her initials like her
1: books oh wow that's cool
0: like books books that she owned that she read Mm -hmm. I don't know if she wrote them I can't remember that fact but I have some pictures and we're going to share all the pictures I have from my tour visit which thankfully I took yeah I
1: can't wait to see them I haven't seen them yet
0: yeah they're they're really cool so when the girls got back in town, this was a, it was about, uh, I would say three to four days prior to the murders. The murders occurred on August 4th, night, August 4th, 1892. When they got back to town, it wasn't too long before their uncle, John Morse, who is the brother of their deceased mother, Sarah, was there visiting. Now he showed up the night before on August 3rd, 1892. He was very close to Andrew. They were brothers-in-law mm-hmm. at some point. They were really good friends. And as far as I know, John lived a little far away. It was really common for people to stay the night at each other's houses. And this house in particular is interesting layout because this was before hallways were invented. Oh. So there are no hallways in this house.
1: So the rooms were like adjoining?
0: All the rooms are adjoining.
1: Is it still like that today? Yes. Oh, how is it a bed and breakfast at the rooms? You have to be comfortable
0: with people entering mm. in certain areas now I can't remember if they have tried to reduce that yeah I'm sure they have but you can stay in every room including the room where the main slept upstairs on the third floor oh wow which we'll go into her she was okay. she was a huge huge part of this and a best friend but anyway So when the girls got back in town from New Bedford, Massachusetts, they were trying to make amends, and there was a rental property that Andrew owned, another one, and they demanded to buy it from their dad, because they wanted something tangible that was just theirs, because they didn't trust Abby. So I guess they had concocted this plan while they were in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Interesting. So he sold it to them for one dollar. One dollar. He was happy to give it to them. After how much they mooched off of him? I think he was just ready for them to get the hell out of his hair. I really believe so. I mean, I kind of feel bad for this guy because when he died, he was an old man. I do too. And after all of this, he just provided for his family. Now, I'm not saying he was good. He might have been an asshole. And according to the things that I've read, he was. He was kind of a jerk. But, you know, I digress. I didn't live in 1892. (laughs) I can only go based off what I'm reading. (laughs) While Uncle John was there, during the late nights, John and Andrew would discuss business investments and what men would do back then. They would eat, they would dine, and they would go in a room, smoke cigars, drink a shot of whiskey, and talk about money. Shit, guys still do that now. While Lizzie overheard these conversations, all of a sudden, she decided to sell back that house to her dad. Instead of owning it herself. So the next day she turns around and she sold that house back to her dad, Andrew, for $5,000. You've got to be kidding me. Which is equivalent to $142,000 today. Oh my gosh. And he just sold it to her for a dollar. Why would she do that? Unless there was something in it for her besides just the money. Yeah. Either she needed some quick money or she was going to get a huge payout later Mm. because he still owned it.
1: Sounds like... Meditated, yeah, right? They meditated,
0: it does. It all comes. It's just amazing. It's just what a crazy story. It's August fourth, eighteen ninety-two. It was a beautiful summer day. Beautiful summer day. We're in Fall Rivers, Massachusetts, and you guys, this, like I said, this property is near the water. It was a gorgeous day. I know it had to have been because I was there on a beautiful day, <laughs> and I'm like thinking, how in the you world? You lived it, yeah. How anybody commit commit this act on such a gorgeous day you guys are crazy so the whole family wakes up that morning and about 7 a.m 7 30 they have breakfast in the dining room mm-hmm. well the first one to leave is uncle john uncle john gets up and leaves and his
1: like he leaves to go back to his town or just to do something
0: i don't think i'm not sure that he left to go back to his town He just left the house. He He just left left the house. He was actually, it was actually confirmed. His alibi was confirmed. He was with six priests in a horse carriage. Yeah,
1: I think he was safe.
0: He, yeah, he was not near the house at all. Andrew, the dad, left about 8.45 to go on a morning walk. Because Uncle John had stayed there the night before, the guest room was kind of a mess, right? Yes, okay, so Abby walks upstairs between 9 a.m. and 10.30, so... Andrew leaves about 8 a.m. or 845. Uncle John leaves about the same time. They are not in the house. So it's just the women in the house at this point. It's in time. What we have is Maggie, which this was like her nickname, which was the maid. I just liked the name Maggie. Maggie the maid. Maggie the maid. It was just easy (laughs) for me to remember. So Maggie the maid was there. Emma, the sister, was actually not there. Instead of going back to the house, if I can recall... Lizzie did all these dealings with her dad about this property. Emma was part of it because he signed the property over to Lizzie and Emma. But Emma was not there for this exchange. Emma actually left New Bedford and went to go get fitted for a dress. So she wasn't on the property at all either. So the only people in the house is Abby, the stepmother, Lizzie, and Maggie, the maid. Okay. So as the men get up, and do when they leave. Abby gets up because Maggie, the maid, was told to go outside and wash windows. So Abby gets up herself and she goes up to the guest room to make the bed. During this time, Lizzie states that she leaves and she goes out the back door into the barn to get some lead weights for a fishing trip.
1: She's going fishing?
0: That was what her alibi was.
1: I don't know how it was back then. (laughs)
0: Yes, so she, Lizzie, according to Lizzie's statement, Maggie's out washing windows, Abby's in the house, and Lizzie's out the back door in the barn in the back, which is actually their gift shop now. Okay. Getting lead weights for a fishing trip. So Lizzie comes into the house to her horror, finding her dad bludgeoned to death on the sofa in the sitting room. Now, if I recall... The sitting room is actually on the second floor, and it's right si- It's right outside of the room that Abby was murdered in.
1: Okay, so they were, like, across from each other. Yes,
0: there was just a wall dividing them. She was on the other side of the wall, on the other side of the bed, and he was in the sitting room, pushed against the wall that went to the bedroom that she was in, on the couch. Who was murdered first, Andrew or Abby? We'll get to that. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, we'll get
1: to that. Okay, I'm intrigued. So, I've never dug this deep into it.
0: <laughs> so Lizzie comes in horrified that her dad was killed brutally. Ugh. Blood is everywhere, and we're talking Ugh. his blood was fresh. It was dripping.
1: Oh my god! It
0: was dripping blood everywhere. Ugh. So before Lizzie finds her dad murdered, how her dad gets back there? We didn't. We I didn't say how he got back in the house. So I guess while... Lizzie was supposedly in the shed getting lead weights. That's
1: when he... Intends. He
0: arrived at the house, and his key would not let him in. Okay? This Does is... the someone lock the door on him? Well, I don't know about that. But his... He could not get his key to work, so he banged on the front door. Okay. And Maggie came running and found him. As she was opening the front door, Lizzie was upstairs on the second floor laughing. Now, Maggie said she turned around and she did not see Lizzie, but she knew that she was up there. Because she a, heard her. Because she heard her. But according to Lizzie, she was in the back.
1: Oh, so Lizzie's saying she's in the back, but really she's on upstairs. The second
0: floor. Where Abby is. Oh, God. Yeah. So her dad walks up to the second floor where the sitting room is, and he lays down on the couch to take a nap. That's when Lizzie comes in horrified, finds her dad murdered, calls for Maggie the secretary. Maggie goes and hollers in the neighborhood. And a neighbor named, I think, Mrs. Campbell, excuse me, Miss Churchill, came over to help. As they were walking up the second floor stairs, and they actually add this, or they, excuse me, they include this in the tour. As you walk up the second floor, there's an area where you... Your eye level is the floor level yeah. of that guest bedroom. Okay. And as Mrs. Churchill and Maggie were walking up the steps, they came eye to eye with Abby's body. No. Before Mrs. Churchill had even seen Mr. Borden on the sitting room couch. Ugh.
1: So they're just walking into this awful crime scene.
0: And discover another one. So they get the police there, right? Lizzie didn't have a lick of blood on her. Nothing. And it was a ghastly scene. Look us up on Instagram at Bones and Brunch the podcast. We will have images of the crime scene.
1: Yay, can't wait to see them. Yeah,
0: we have images of the crime scene and what it looks like today because I took comparison pictures. The police arrive. They take their pictures. Police back then... (laughs) were not equipped or trained and shit they're really not today but you know that's like another conversation in 1892 they were not ready for a crime scene like this okay and to this day it is really a lot of their fault for why they could never have tangible proof of the murders but anyway so the police get there
1: no testing kits no nothing no.
0: I mean, they had some of their own, but not for what this yeah, required. so
1: many people got away with so much shit back then.
0: Yeah. At first, Fall River was shocked at this. It was a huge thing. And yeah, immediately...
1: this fancy little town where nothing goes wrong, and then all of a sudden you have two people brutally murdered in one of the nice neighborhoods?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. At first, the citizens, including Lizzie, blamed it on... Random intruder. An immigrant is what they would say oh back my then. God. That's what they said back then. Okay, look, nobody's no immigrant is going to Fall River, Massachusetts to go into this one home and murder two particular people when three or four are there. Yeah, that
1: makes no sense.
0: Just wait. The police arrive. They take their crime scene photos and whatever. As they are evaluating Abby, her blood was coagulated, which means it was dry. Okay. It was sticky. It was dark, and it had been there for a while. So,
1: yeah, so she had been there a minute.
0: She definitely died first, and Andrew just happened to not see her. Oh, my gosh. As he walked up and took a nap. she was
1: probably already, like, murdered at the point that he entered the home.
0: He was. Forensic analysis proved that she was murdered about three hours before he was. Oh, so
1: she was sitting there for a minute.
0: That concludes... That there was no way it was a random assault. Yeah. The house was small for that time.
1: If it was a random person, they'd get in, commit the crime, and then get their ass out. Yeah.
0: And they'd take shit with them. Yeah. Nothing had been moved, there was no signs of struggle at all. Abby's murder was brutal. So her body was suspicious because of the position. It was also suspicious because of her blood. And keep in mind that I said Andrew's blood was still dripping. So Lizzie happened to find him seconds after he was murdered.
1: But not
0: with Abby. Yeah. Come on, guys. Now people are like, well, where's Maggie? Where's the maid in all this? Okay, she was out washing windows. Then she had Mr. Borden come in. Okay. As she's helping him come in, she decides to take a break from washing the windows, and she goes up to her attic little bedroom in the attic, and she takes a nap Mm -hmm. during all of this, which some people say can't make sense, but it does, because Mr. Borden was asleep when he was struck, and Abby faced her killer, but it was like she was in there making the bed, it was like they said, hey... She turned around and they went,
1: whop. Yeah, like it was a sneak attack.
0: It was. And it was on the side of her head was the first blow. That made her body twist. She fell down.
1: I mean, rightfully so.
0: But she was still living after the first blow. And you guys have to think. This is the 1800s. This was like a lead, steel, really heavy hatchet.
1: Have you ever held an axe like in your hands? Yes. They are still heavy.
0: They are so Heavy. Yeah,
1: like I walked out in the backyard whenever I was a teenager while my dad was chopping wood and, you know, just picked it up for the hell of it. And it was heavy. I couldn't swing that around.
0: Absolutely. It was clear that Abby was killed first. Andrew was killed second. Again, Lizzie ticks all the boxes for femininity, right? She was a Sunday school teacher. She dressed properly. She was in the community. She had a reputation. She had a good reputation. She came from money. She was older. But at that point, society just kind of accepts you as you're just not going to get married. That's just not who you are. Yeah, not at that age. Yeah. And if you have money, then it doesn't matter. Interesting enough. But she didn't have any money. Unless her dad was dead.
1: Yeah. Unless she was living off her parents. Mm-hmm. And they were handing her money. She didn't have any.
0: And and Andrew Borden was ready for her to go. It, they He was just miserable. He was miserable. His wife was miserable. Everybody was miserable. So it was time for them to go, and they, they didn't want to go.
1: They liked their lives the way they were.
0: Fall River had a hard time grasping the idea that 120-pound, 32-year-old, little, dainty Sunday school teacher could perform such a vicious attack. Oh yeah, I'm sure
1: nobody thought she was capable of it at first.
0: You know, they didn't. As they're examining Abby, they realize that she was struck 18 times. Oh my god, that's rage. That is rage. And it is clear that after three to four blows, she would have been dead. Yeah, damn it, I wonder if there was a nursery rhyme made up about her. (laughs) Because it is is just as ridiculous as the crime. Yeah. Jeez. Eighteen blows to the head. She was first struck on the side of the head with the hatchet, which cut her just above the ear causing her to turn and fall and face down on the floor. The reason they knew that she was still living at that time was based on the bruises that she had on her face from falling. Okay. So I guess it was like the warm blood rising. I don't know how that works. I'm not a scientist. But they were able to determine that she was still living as she was being hacked. Yeah, that's horrible. She had contusions on her nose and her forehead. And all of the hits were directly on the back of the head. So picture... They said, hey, you know, yo, what's up, Abby? (laughs) Abby turns around. Yeah. (laughs) In the
1: 1800s. What's up, Abby? What up, up, bitch? No, (laughs) (laughs) like my (laughs) axe.
0: What a piece of me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You won't be at the sewing circle next week, Martha. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was trying to come up with some kind of like whatever (laughs) sewing (laughs) circle. Moving on. Um, (laughs) So Abby turns. She faces her killer. Boom! Gets eighteen wax. Gets eighteen wax. She gets the first whack on her head. She falls down. Hits her face. Bruises her face. Essentially, probably, probably passes out from the pain, or from the blow because that first blow cracked open her skull. Yeah. It was a hard, thoughtful blow. This person then straddled her on side to side and whacked her 17 more times. Oh my gosh, that is definitely rage. In the back of her head. Now. That's not an intruder. That's not an intruder. Because remember, guys, this house is all planned together. There are no hallways. There is nowhere for anyone to hide. It did not even have indoor plumbing. Oh, wow. He was that frugal. He didn't even want indoor plumbing in the house. They still used outhouses. So there was nowhere for anyone to hide for three hours and wait for Andrew Borden to come home and wait for him to take a nap to kill him.
1: Yeah, it was some, it was an inside job.
0: It was an inside job. The police find Andrew. He was obviously slumped on the couch and he was struck between 10 and 11 times with a hatchet like weapon. One of his eyeballs had been split cleanly in two. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a bad... Which suggests he had been attacked while he was sleeping. Interesting fact here, and I learned this thanks to the Smithsonian. Back then, it was believed that last images would be available in eyeballs. So, back then, scientists were trying to prove that whatever a person saw... You would be able to see the reflection in their eyeballs. Interesting fact. They tried to do it with birds and everything. Well, yeah. they really couldn't prove it. And no, obviously, yeah. that's not a real thing. Yeah, obviously.
1: It not was, if it was, you could solve so
0: many crimes. It's kind of like it's so like easy. there's so many rumors now. Like one one thing may work a certain way, another thing may work a certain way, and neither is true. Yeah. Like people, it's like a, a what do they call it? Old wives' tale or old wives' tale? Yeah. It, it was kind of like that. It was something that they were working on. They were trying to prove, but they couldn't. Mm-hmm. But it was still circulating in the communities. When well, people famously, like Jack the Ripper, was a huge serial killer at this time. Yeah. And Fall River actually thought he was the one that committed these murders. But obviously, he it was proven yeah. that he didn't.
1: Yeah. But they he thought... Was in a different country.
0: Yeah. People thought that he was, he was there. That was him. They also thought that when they murdered somebody... They would be able to tell with her eyeballs, so by hacking their faces and their heads oh, to death, oh, they were thought okay. They were eliminating yeah. the proof. Now that's just a theory, but I feel like if you're gonna hack that's someone, that's a good
1: theory though. It if is. That's what you believed back then.
0: Yeah, it 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 really is an interesting theory. Um, and it, and it's not far-fetched, because these people were still, like, thinking that other people were witches and hanging them for it. Yeah. I know that was more so, you know, 18th century, but th- that was still happening. This There were still witch hunts and shit at that yeah, time. Yeah, people were still being hanged. Then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. And when Lizzie was um, actually in jail, they measured her to see how much rope she was going to require. Because when they first began hanging... I hope that
1: scared the hell out of her.
0: Oh, it, I think it did. Because her trial was the trial of the century. Yeah. Um, And it was the first publicized one. Well, one of the first publicized ones. Andrew got fucked up. Okay, let's just... (laughs) Abby and Andrew... God, poor Andrew and Abby. They're dead. They were murdered in their own home. Doing normal things. She was making a bed. He was taking a nap. Just an average day. It was a gorgeous day from what I've read. And here they are. Now they're murdered. So the police start their investigation... We talked about their injuries, what they sustained. And when interviewing Lizzie, they said she was extremely calm. She wasn't erratic. She wasn't upset. She wasn't. They used her reaction while they were speaking with her and asking her, like, where were you? What were you doing? And she's saying, oh, I went out in the shed. I was getting lead weights for a fishing trip, whatever. Somebody came in here and murdered my mom and dad. They thought that her demeanor was suspicious. So they went back in the house. They eventually went into the shed that Lizzie said that she was in. Uh-huh. And they find many hatchets and axes and all kinds of stuff. No fishing supplies? No fishing supplies. Oh, good God. But one thing that they did find was a hatchet without a handle. A handle that had been cleanly and recently broken off. But they leave it there. That's smart. And later on in the trial, her defense attorney tried to say that it couldn't have been a murder weapon because it didn't have a handle. Ugh. So, and it was the only. I think. I think the murder weapon that they found was the only actual like hatchet. Yeah, I that think was I, in yeah, the house. I
1: remember. Yeah. Okay. I remember something like that. Whenever it, I looked. At, into this case a little
0: bit. They, it was the only one that would have been used for the actual weapon.
1: And it was, just, yeah. Didn't they find the handle eventually?
0: They never found the handle. They never handle.
1: found the handle. Okay, I must be thinking of something else.
0: Not that I, if they had found the handle, that would have been awesome.
1: I feel like. But
0: I couldn't probably, find anything that said they did. Yeah. That doesn't mean they didn't. I'm just. I'm probably
1: thinking of a different case. Where they found like, on somebody's roof or something like that.
0: Well, needless to say, the police really were terrible. They left the murder, the supposed murder weapon, just because she said
1: you that know, wasn't that it wasn't
0: a murder weapon. Like, obviously, it's just a tool in the shed, whatever. They took pictures, but they didn't rope off the scene. They let the Bordens continue to inhabit the house, and in fact... Why would they want to? The neighbors, they had asked some neighbors to come over and stay the night with them because they were scared in their own house. But they all chose to stay there. And the, the police let them.
1: Those must be some good-ass neighbors.
0: Yeah, the neighbors came and stayed the night with the girls. Who are in their 30s and 40s, might oh, I add. My God.
1: No, you can come to my house.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, okay, so I don't know. I can't remember if Emma came back that day or the next day. But remember, Emma's gone. And I keep forgetting that fact. So it's just Lizzie. But anyways, Maggie was there. That's what keeps getting me tripped up. Maggie the maid. Mm-hmm. This poor maid is traumatized by these events and she is suspicious of lizzie because she knows that lizzie had an anger problem well, yeah
1: maggie knows she didn't do it and who was the only other person at the residence at that time
0: absolutely she knew she didn't do it she was ob- obviously she was asleep a little bit of backstory about a week before the murders occurred the entire family in the household were actually really really ill they were violently ill, vomiting, diarrhea, all that. And they were convinced that somebody was trying to poison them, but that was never proven. Proven. Yeah. And so all these things were happening. These mysterious illnesses were happening in the household before the murders. Ironically enough, the autopsies of Andrew and Abby were actually done in the dining room in the house. Oh. Instead of at a morgue or is that somewhere how they else, did it back
1: then, or?
0: I don't know if it was common about autopsies, but it was extremely common to house your dead, because even my even my nana did this back in the fifties. Uh, it is obviously not practiced anymore, and I'm not sure if it's against the law or not. I'm not sure on the laws, especially here in Tennessee, but it was normal for if a family member died the family member would be laid to rest in the home like they are at a funeral home. They're just in a casket, the funeral home. You can go visit them a couple days. And they would do
1: it in the home? Yeah,
0: Yeah, but instead they would keep your family member in a casket in the home and somebody would sleep with the body every night. What? My nana had to sleep with her dead grandfather, if I can remember correctly. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. So were they in the same bed or were they in the
0: casket? No. So like the dead body would be in the casket in the living room. And somebody would like sleep on the couch in the living room. Okay, that
1: eases my mind a little bit more. I didn't know what you were saying at first. Okay.
0: (laughs) I did not explain it right.
1: (laughs) I'm probably just dumb, but either way, that's just mind-blowing to me. I mean. I did not know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, that was a thing. So as far as autopsies are concerned, I actually think that's pretty morbid. Um, But perhaps the bodies were in such shape that they wanted it to be as accurate as possible and maybe perhaps yeah, moving it. I understand that. Not everything was as sanitized as it is now. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't, I'm not sure what the purpose behind that was, but I thought that that was an interesting fact. It is. So while they're doing the autopsies, because of the illness that the neighbors told the police about the poisonings, potential poisonings, during the autopsy, they proved that there was actually no poisonings. They removed their stomachs and they tested them mm-hmm. for certain poisons, but maybe it was just the poisons that they knew of. Yeah. Not the ones maybe, maybe Lizzie had like that shed was like full of, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> full <gosh>. of poisons. <laughs> yeah. Because they tried, they tried to pin a poisoning on Lizzie and this was mi- media driven actually because.
1: Yeah. I'm sure at this point there were so many headlines.
0: <laughs> there were so many headlines. Cause this was ongoing. Um Lizzie was first arrested About two months, I think, after the murders. There was a two to three month timeline from the date of the murders to the actual time where she was arrested. There was what's called an inquest, which is like where they were interviewing her. Mm -hmm. They would not allow her to have an attorney or any kind of counsel, which is actually against the law. Yeah, even then.
1: It was then too.
0: As far as I knew, it was then too. So that was a huge deal. But. So there's this time period where there was nothing going on with the crime, like crime scene. People had open access to the house, like any other time. No weapons were taken, nothing. Eventually, Lizzie was brought in. Now, in that three-month period, she started becoming, well, she became, she was prescribed morphine. Okay. Okay. The amount of morphine that she was prescribed is about three times the legal limit a hospital can give a cancer patient today. Because it was anything. It was just like opium in the 20s. People could go to Walgreens, let's say, and buy literally a giant vial of opium and just drink it. Oh. And that's how people became addicted to opiates. And here we are today, 2021, still suffering. Thank you, pharmaceutical companies, for ruining our country, but that is what it is. So I said neighbors came and stayed the night, the night of the murders with mm-hmm. Lizzie. Well, that night, there was her best friend named Alice Russell stayed the night. I guess during that time, something didn't sit right with Alice, and she actually went to the police and dropped a big bombshell that the night of the murders, she walked in on Lizzie burning a dress. Oh my God. So then the mayor and the police officer go to the boarding house. They let Lizzie know that that she's under arrest and they take her to the station or where we know the equivalent back then. And they start the inquest. She could not keep her story straight. People said it was the morphine, which could definitely factor in that. The biggest alibi was that she was in the shed. Um, Another alibi was that she was washing windows because Maggie was asleep. You know, there was just like all these different stories and none of them added up. I couldn't even write them all because it was just so many. Yeah, Because of her inconsistencies, because of her non-erratic behavior when she was supposedly traumatized by these, this discovery she was traumatized of, you know, her dad being bludgeoned to death. She was so calm in that, and then by the time she got to the police station where she's being pressured and answering all these questions and she's not making any fucking sense, they decide she's guilty. Now, they had no physical evidence at all. There is no way this crime occurred without blood splattering on somebody, especially the perpetrator.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, back in the day, there's no way to test any of that. Like, you see a blood splatter, they're just going to wipe it up. Oh, it needs to be clean. Here's this crime scene we have to clean up
0: and it was actually normal for women to burn their dresses because when they were do all they wore was dresses yeah and when they would do projects or clean shit would get on them now they would have aprons and things of the like but when you were a person of money we're not talking about she's not the maid here
1: yeah fuck that i'll just go buy a new dress Let me burn this one.
0: Let me burn this dress. It was actually a regular occurrence because, you guys, these were made with, these dresses were made with yards and yards and yards and yards of fabric. They were heavy. They were huge. And if it was ruined and you couldn't sell it, if it got paint on it or something, you had to burn it. You got this. You're not going
1: to stick it in the trash.
0: No. It's too heavy. No. They might save some of the material for, like, curtains, but for obvious reasons, she burnt the yeah, dress. Yeah, because
1: it was covered in fucking blood.
0: The night of the murders.
1: Now, your parents were just murdered. Why is it a priority? Oh, you know, I'm not going to wear this dress anymore. I guess I'm just going to burn it. That's not going to be a priority. That dress is going to sit in a corner for a week.
0: Yeah, you're going to be depressed. You're, gonna you're be not going to You're going to care. the loss of your
1: parents or your father and your stepmother.
0: Yeah, she didn't. Not at all. Now, I think she might have put on a show she probably yeah, showed she up for the to. service. She probably wore black morning dresses. I'm sure she
1: did. She had to.
0: But she had to.
1: She was a member of society. People's eyes were on her.
0: Lizzie also stated that when her dad came in, and remember his key wouldn't work, and so he got Maggie to come and let him into the house before yeah. he walked upstairs to take a nap. Well, Maggie, at this time, during the inquest, she also testified. Actually, I apologize. Let me pull that back. During the trial, Maggie testified that she heard Liz, Lizzie, giggling. She didn't see her, but she heard her giggling. Yeah,
1: I remember you saying that.
0: Right. Well, Lizzie said that was all a lie because Lizzie, according to her, even though she had said she was in the shed, now saying that, no, she was there when her dad was walking in the house. And in fact, she took off his boots and gave him his slippers. But in the crime scene photos, he's wearing boots. He's not wearing slippers. So he just
1: put- Fell asleep on the couch.
0: He literally walked upstairs and took a nap on the couch. Because you didn't nap on beds. Because they were made. Yeah. That was obviously a lie. It was a bloodbath. There was... It was just catastrophic injuries. A lot of blood. And a lot of people failed. Andrew and Abby Borden. They just did. It was a trial of the century. It was so dramatic. The police or the forensics people. I'm not sure. I forget who actually did this. They actually took... The real skulls of Andrew and Abby Borden peeled everything off. Oh, I don't like this. And took their clean skulls into the courtroom with the hatchet they found in the shed, put the hatchet in the injury areas to show that it was the murder weapon. I mean, I get that for a trial, but
1: that is so disrespectful. it is
0: so disrespectful and lizzie was so traumatized by them bringing this in there bringing these skulls in there and the whole courtroom was such in such a shock she fainted in the courtroom lizzie did yes and that is like in the history books she literally fainted in the courtroom from the overwhelming and this every day of the trial there were lines outside of the courthouse of the fall river residents. Fighting each other for a seat. That in this reminds trial. me of the Casey Anthony
1: trial. Do you remember seeing that on the news?
0: I, I watched every single bit of it. As God. soon as I got home from high school, me I turned too. that shit on and I was like, what did I miss all day? Me
1: and my <laughs> boss would watch it on the computer at work where I worked at at the time.
0: So her trial began on June 5th, 1893, 10 months wow. after the murders occurred.
1: I guess that's not unusual.
0: I guess it's not. She was jailed. For most of that time,
1: oh, so she was incarcerated at the time.
0: From of what the trial. I could find, she was incarcerated at the time, so prosecutors argued that they removed the somebody removed the handle because the handle of the hatchet probably would have had blood on it. So for obvious reasons, they got rid of it. I do believe that Lizzie committed these murders. I do too.
1: I feel like the majority of everybody in the true crime community believes that Lizzie committed these murders.
0: Andrew's blood was dripping, yeah. How did she have time to fully redress herself, which getting dressed was like a 35-minute process,
1: Yeah,
0: and clean the hatchet so good that there was no evidence on the hatchet at all, besides the fact that she had to take, because let's say, wood is porous, right? Yeah. So, and rock is not, right? Is rock porous? To an extent. Yeah. I don't know. But wood is really porous. Wood is going to get Brady stained. <laughs> Brady can you call us? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I would understand phone the... Phone of red. <laughs> I would understand why they would have to take the handle off because there's no way she could have, you know, got that blood to just come off like nothing happened. It would have to go and be burned. But the hatchet was clean. She had no look of distress on her. Her hair wasn't a mess, which obviously, because they did not fight back. They did not have a fighting chance. Yeah. But
1: she ambushed someone and the other person was sleeping.
0: There was no blood on her? How? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And the hatchet was in the shed, like not in the house. So bizarre. I don't know how she pulled it off. And I've been trying to think about that. Do because think she had help? Like just
1: for your theory, like I do. You do. Think someone helped her.
0: I think Uncle John helped. I think Uncle John came in. He literally came in the night before the murders. I think when her and Emma were at this retreat, they planned it. Perhaps, maybe not Emma, but it's pretty convenient that Emma wasn't there. And was Maggie really sleeping through these murders? I mean, was she? I don't know. I don't think that Maggie did it. Her attic room was pretty close to the crime scenes. I mean,
1: you hear someone, if you hear a crime scene out your window right now, your neighbors across the street, you'll hear it.
0: I don't know. It's just. I know. So here's the thing. Here we are. Over a hundred years later. A hundred and thirty years later. A hundred and twenty nine years later. (laughs) Here we are, and we're still asking the same questions that investigators ask themselves. They could not physically prove that Lizzie committed these murders. They had intent. They knew that the family was doomed. They knew that there was bad blood. They knew that... <laughs> <Bad> blood. <laughs> <laughs> they had every reason for a motive. They had multiple motives. Lizzie could not stick by an alibi, but there were no witnesses. There was no tangible physical proof. They had nothing of hers because the only thing that would have proved anything was the dress that she burned. And it had to have been the dress.
1: It had to have. I almost
0: wonder if she had a dress on top of a dress and just took the top dress off.
1: That would make sense.
0: That's the only thing I can think of. It's because you guys... We had the corsets.
1: And didn't you need help getting dressed? Yes, that's, like, that's what I'm like saying. Like, wasn't like, a two-person job?
0: Yes. So, I'm wondering if she put on a second dress after being dressed that morning.
1: With Maggie's help.
0: Maybe. I don't know. After the trial was over, it took the jury an hour and a half to deliberate, and they acquitted her of all the charges, when she left, she spoke to a reporter and said she was the happiest woman in the world. Oh, I bet she was. She sure was. So, the trial's over. They never, ever arrest anyone ever again for these murders. Oh, yeah, because in the end, she got what she wanted. She, she got, got what she wanted. got rid of who
1: she wanted, and she got away with it. She yeah, sure did. I bet she was the happiest
0: person in the world. They never found anybody Okay, so she obviously still to this day she remains the prime suspect. Yeah. Even the people that do the tours in the home believe that she's the one of that killed course. them. There's a writer, and her name is Victoria London. She proposed in 1967 that Borden might have been in a weird state because of the morphine during that time. Perhaps she killed them while she's on morphine. But okay, I've never had morphine, but I've no, I've seen people in a hospital setting on morphine, and these people are put out. Yeah. They're asleep. How was she functioning on such a high dose? Because it was, it was like a dose that could have killed her high dose because they didn't understand the drug back then. Well, absolutely. Like, I forget what the actual percentage of, but And to, to have that kind of
1: rage to go on a ax murder killing spree, wouldn't you have to have some kind of, what do they call it? Like a hallucinogen?
0: Yeah, um, perhaps. Yeah, something. Do, yeah, I mean. Well, they said, the, and this is from the Smithsonian, their investigators said that the person that was committing these acts hit these people until they were out of breath. So she was exhausted after the first one, which makes sense for the freaking time frame. She probably had to come up with the stamina to do it again. Yeah. And she didn't go on Andrew as much as she went on Abby. Not nearly as much. About half the blows. Mm -hmm. Because she was tired. There's also a lot of reports, because, again, it was such a scandal of the time. But the media came up with their own motives. There was a lot of people that stated that Lizzie was actually physically and sexually abused by her father. And that's what drove her to kill him. There is no evidence to support this because incest was not a topic that would have been discussed at that time. I mean, it's hardly talked about now. Yeah. But that was the belief back in 1892. Um, And it was the first of its kind. It was such a prominent case and it shocked the entire country. I mean, everybody knew of Lizzie Borden. Not just in Fall River, it went way beyond Massachusetts. She was up there with Jack the Ripper.
1: Yeah, people are still talking about Jack the Ripper and Lizzie Borden today.
0: Today, that's it was such a poignant moment in yeah. true crime history. Let's put it that way. I mean, Lizzie Borden is featured in crime shows. Um, Hundreds of movies! Yeah, movies, there's a movie. There's actually a new one out that came out about three years ago, and I went to rent it last night and I, I just didn't. Because I was working on this instead. But it's with Kristen Stewart. With Kristen Stewart? Kristen Stewart is the maid in the movie.
1: What? Isn't there one with um, Christina Ritchie? Yes.
0: That's the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Okay. And that was a television show, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. On Lifetime. Correct me if I'm wrong. When I went to the Lizzie Borden house, that show is actually still out. Oh, so but it was
1: real popular to do tours at that time.
0: It was really popular to do tours at that time. I didn't watch the show. I tried watching it after, and I love Christina Ricci, but I did not like the show.
1: You know, I've read reviews, because I've never watched the show, but I Mm -hmm. have looked it up. Mm -hmm. You're not the first person to tell me that, or, like, the first thing I've read.
0: It did not go far. It did not go far. It's sad, because they could do so much with that story. It was terrible, terrible writing. I mean, no offense to writers out there, because I know how hard your job is, okay? I'm in school. (laughs) I get it. But also... Ugh, they had so much to chew on and not enough oomph. Yeah, they just didn't have it. They had the right girl though, Christina Ricci. Oh yeah, was a wonderful Lizzie Borden. Oh,
1: She's yeah.
0: she she knows how to play those She's weird characters. She's the OG, you know. She well, is. No, take that
1: back. Maybe Winona Ryder would be. But
0: yeah, 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 I get that. But still, she is she is an OG. Yeah, she is. She's just more from our generation. She yes. was like a '90s OG. Yeah,
1: the you know the Adams family, all that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It also, they also speculated that Lizzie was actually a lesbian. I've heard that. And that they found Lizzie, you know, with either the maid or her friend Alice Russell. There was like all these different theories, roomies, r- rumors, roomies. <laughs> roomies. Um, theories, and rumors that circulated. That's so gruel. <laughs> I was trying to say great, but, like, then I was trying to say cool. (laughs) Girl. That's Um, a Mean
1: Girls reference if you didn't catch on to that there.
0: But I'm sure you guys did. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to fast forward later in life. So Lizzie gets away with this crazy murder. Emma's just there. She's in her 40s. She's living her life. She ain't doing shit. They get a lot of money. When he died, I told you, Andrew was worth $9 million yeah. in today's money. So they had plenty to live off of the, the rest most of popular their life.
1: one in sewing class.
0: <laughs> okay, move aside. <laughs> so Maggie, the maid, she left. She died actually in 1948. In 1948?
1: 1948.
0: So wow. she was a young girl when these murders occurred. Yeah. She died in 1948 in Montana, so she moved across the country.
1: She got the fuck out.
0: On her deathbed, she confessed to her sister that she lied about her testimony in the trial of Lizzie Borden. She confessed that to her sister on her deathbed all the way in Montana. She kept everything secret, but we don't know what her secret was. We just know that she lied in her testimony. What did she lie about? Yes. Just say it. You're on your deathbed. But at least we know that much. Lizzie definitely killed her. If that doesn't tell you, I don't know what else Well, And she moved
1: away. She probably didn't want to be hacked herself.
0: She left. She moved across the country in Montana, established a family out there, and died and told her sister in 1948 that she lied.
1: Goodness.
0: Another suspect was John Morse, Uncle John. And he rarely was seen with the family. So it was really, even though him and Andrew were close, after his sister had died, Lizzie's biological mom he didn't really come over much anymore he was
1: just like a distant relative
0: but they at that point exactly but they did cooperate his story and he had an alibi neighbors also said they saw uh, a stranger not john morse but a stranger um knocking on the doors of the borden's house that night before as well but nobody could take care of this or or figure it out who it was exactly after the trial the Borden sisters, they moved into a large and really modern house in the Hill neighborhood. The Hill neighborhood in Fall River was like the richest neighborhood in the city. So they took all their money and they went to the Hill and they didn't leave Fall River, but they moved into that really nice neighborhood yeah. that Andrew refused to live in because it was too much money. Yeah,
1: they got their indoor plumbing at least.
0: Yes, they did. (laughs) Lizzie changed her name from Lizzie because her her real name really was Lizzie. It was not Elizabeth. It was Lizzie. But she changed it to Lizbeth.
1: Lizbeth, yeah.
0: A. Borden. And they named their new house Maplecroft because it was common for people to name their estates back then. They had several live-in maids, a housekeeper, and a coachman. Emma was living with Lizzie. So they both took this money and bought a house together. And they still
1: stayed together for some time after the murders. Exactly. Or after her trial, I'm sorry.
0: Yes. And because Abby was... This is really interesting. Because Abby was clearly murdered first, Mm -hmm. her family didn't get any money. Because all of her assets that she could claim as the spouse went directly to Andrew... Oh, my God. And then Andrew died, and it went to the girls. Wow. Yep. How calculated is that? Yeah. When they were all fighting about money, days leading up to the murders. Jeez. It's all money motivated. It makes sense. She had no other bearings. She, her and her sister were literally living there until their dad died, waiting for his money. That is the only thing I can think of. He just jump-started his death. They did. They jump-started his death. Now, Abby's family did get a settlement claim because they, they sued for obvious reasons. So they yeah. did get a, a, a pretty handsome settlement, but nowhere near to what Lizzie and, and Emma inherited. Yes, exactly. Obviously, Lizzie was ostracized from the Fall River community. They did not like her in the churches. They did not invite her to outings. They did not speak to her, and she so she was the
1: black sheep at that point.
0: She was. It was just taboo. They because they didn't believe her, even though she was acquitted by law. They just it was just too much drama, mm-hmm. and people didn't get that deep back then. You guys, it was a no no to talk about yourself. It was a no no to gossip, but people did it anyways, right? As people do. They she was ostracized. Lizzie moves to Rhode Island, and she actually makes the headlines again five years later in 1897 for shoplifting. Shocker. She's She's a millionaire, and she just can't help it she has but, to be bad she has she's to be a bad. bad bitch she is a bad bitch and not a good bad bitch no. she's just a crazy bad, bad 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 shit bad bitch she's a what's that song Buckcherry? cherry she's a buck cherry bad bitch <laughs> isn't that who sings that song i have no idea you're a crazy
1: bitch well i don't know never mind forget that <laughs> there's a song it's like an early 2000s song i don't know why i've been so on such an early 2000s kick this week
0: i know what you're what's talking about? about she was that kind of yeah, crazy she, bitch she was a crazy bitch <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this really gross story. (laughs) Um, Shelby's got something cooking up for us. Carly's out of college for a couple weeks. So we're just hoping to get some consistent episodes up. Yes. Follow us on social media at Bones and Brunch, the podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And definitely check out our YouTube channel. Yes,
1: YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. All of our episodes are uploaded on YouTube as well.
0: Yep, check us out on Spotify. And we'll see y'all next week. I'm Carly. I'm Shelby. See y'all later. Bye.